You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source. The key of imagination. Your admission. Access to the enlightened dimension. A gateway at the junction of darkness and light. The place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux. Only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come. Testing times may go. This is the ebb and flow. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ebb and Flow podcast. I'm your host, Evan Britton. I hope you guys are hanging tough out there. Seems like every day is a lifetime in this wild era we find ourselves in. Maybe the wildest era humanity has ever seen. I know I'm definitely feeling it. I'm I have a I feel a roller coaster of emotions just about every single day. And uh, today is no different. It is Monday, 1.30 in the afternoon. I'm pulling it together to get something going here. It's been tough. It ain't been easy. But to stoke the fire, to get this week kicked off right, we are checking in, or rather dropping in, with my brother, Augustus Britton. Gus, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. It's good to have you here, man. Yeah. Um, so we're doing some new stuff. We are working out the kinks with some new gear. It sounds excellent. Yep. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I appreciate your help, as always. Um, so today, I'm low on inventory and episodes. I, last week was... Woo! Last week was a monster of a week, dealing with some tax things, getting information to my CPAs, paying bills, and it was so. I, I you know, I'm going, I'm going through this list of items that my CPAs requested, uh-huh. and I'm going to start here because I think it's a good place for this podcast to to start this conversation. Uh, so I'm going through this list uh, of items that my CPAs need to finalize our taxes before this extension because we're trying to get some things done. And it took me about four hours to track down all of these little bits of information, this data, these you know little bits of income and figuring out where how much, uh, interest I paid on my car loan and all this shit. And I'm going through it and I'm just thinking to myself, this is such an energy draining time suck. And it appears to me that it's all constructed and designed this way on purpose. You know, I don't think because at the end of the day, like what good is that all of that doing me outside of getting my taxes finalized so that I can then be 
accepted by the grander mainframe computer to allow me to get the thing that I need to do what I want to do with my house. Uh-huh. You know, it's not affording me. It's because I'm going to have to do it again next year. And I'm going to have to do it again the year after that. And it just feels like it's one of those things that you sort of have to compartmentalize your mind in a certain way so that you could get this thing done so that you can get on with your life. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, who set this up? Right. Who set all this shit up? Right. You know? Mm. Who set up this system of of being? Uh-huh. You know, because it doesn't really have anything to do with... Being. Yeah, it has nothing to do with being. <laughs> Think about, you know, because I always like to go back to the... The simplest, what is like the simplest kernel of of your human life? Right. Which we are so far from. Oh, God, yeah. We're Boy. so far from that now. The popcorn has popped so... <laughs> so many so thousands. wildly. Exponentially yeah. infinite times at this stage. Yeah. You know, but say you were, I don't know. I don't know if you can even really put a time on it, but put yourself in a place without established civilization. You find yourself a plot of land. Let's pretend you have the know-how to build a house out of the natural resources you find yourself in. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're either by the woods and you can cultivate the wood necessary to build yourself a a, a decent little home a decent little dwelling you get you find yourself running water Mm -hmm. maybe you you begin to plant some vegetables or you create some sort of sustainable food system yeah maybe you have a rifle or a bow and arrow and you can hunt small game to feed yourself and your family. Mm. Like these are very sustainable, necessary tools for survival. Doing your taxes is not a sustainable and necessary tool for your survival outside of the mainframe of Western civilization mm-hmm. and the sort of legal system that we all are slaves to at this stage. Right. Outside of the construct, which you said. You said the word construct when you began. Yeah. Outside of whatever the whatever the technological the contemporary technological construct is. I mean, it's it's interesting to me that you bring this up because I was ju- my fr- I was just on the phone with somebody that said their girlfriend lives in Topanga Canyon and Topanga Canyon if 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 the listeners don't know is sort of it used to be very hippie sort of like Laurel Canyon but by the beach um you know and it's 
it, it's kept a, a bit of its hippiness, let's just say. I, I don't know how yeah, else to say Yeah, it's like this. its own enclave right. but, out in the country of yeah, L.A. Yeah, but I, I feel like it's probably less hippie than it was. You yeah, know, or being, less, or less honestly hippie than right, it was. But right. you know, let's—I won't judge. That's kind of yeah. beside the point. But anyway, the, he, what he was saying was, his girlfriend lives in this, in this kind of community, of people, that. You know, it's like somebody has a plot of land in Topanga, and it's all gone to shit now, because, the county, found out. That it wasn't up to quote unquote code or quote unquote uh, up to code. This community. Yeah. So everybody basically has to leave. <laughs> and it's kind of what you're saying. And what I said, I mean, I had this joke, but like you can't take a shit nowadays without fucking a, with a, without a piece of paper. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly not, not to point. wipe your ass to yeah. fucking be able to take a shit. Yeah. To literally be able to take a shit out of your body, you need to have the right paperwork right. to say that you're allowed to do so. Right. But see, somebody <laughs> somebody argue, uh, came back at me with, that's fine, which, which and I agreed. I, he, he said, that's fine, but also recognizing that there's a lot of people. First of all, there's so many people now, so how could it work where... You know, like you're it, how we we need rules or structure in a way because there's also mentally ill people and there's also people that are that are drugged out. Hmm. So how do we go about moving back to the archaic revival, which I feel like we are, which I want to ask you about. Hmm. But I've really been thinking, man, just about exactly what you're saying of. Can you just walk into the desert and stick a stick a stick in the ground and say, I'm living here? You know, granted, you might not have the resources to survive, but say you did find a place. I mean, I feel like that's a super human, natural thing that we should be able to do. And it's and it's more than mildly concerning that we can't just do that mm. or you can't just build a fucking a, a fucking dwelling on your property without your taxes saying it's okay. Yeah. Or the city telling you it's acceptable or having it up to code. I think you can still do that. The next question is though, if you did it and you found yourself a plot of land seemingly out in the middle of nowhere, untouched by anyone else, and you went and stuck a stake in the ground and claimed it as yours. And then you decided to, however you go about doing it, build yourself a home. You know, the problem is then getting yourself running water and electricity. But then you could even bypass that. You could say, you know what, this place is not going to have electricity. We're going to build, you know, a, a stovetop furnace that heats it in the winter. We're going to build it in an eco-friendly way that creates the best circulation of air and uh, flowing through the home to cool it in the summer. Running water will take advantage of the stream half a mile away, whatever. 
But I think you would still at some point encounter someone knocking on your door saying, hey, so-and-so, this place isn't up to code. Yeah. So, therefore, it's illegal for you to be living here. But this is, I mean, to this point, this has been going on for centuries. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is... People battling over land. Yeah, this is... Well, this is what... This is what the white settlers did to the Native Americans. Yeah. When they came to this country. Mm -hmm. Native Americans didn't have any concept of boundaries Mm -hmm. and land ownership. Yeah. They lived on the land as an extension of themselves. So when a a white European came in and said, we're going to purchase this land from you. If that choice was even given or here, we need you to sign this because this says that you're you're selling us this land for, you know, two pennies. Native Americans signed it because they had no concept of what that even meant. They were like, what? Right. They they laughed at them. Yeah. They said, you can't own the land. Right. The land is. For everyone. The land is for all beings. Yeah. The land is an extension of us. The land is living. It's alive. It's a it's another creature that we live among. So this is a very interesting concept of Western civilization, and I think a lot of the fear and agony and anxiety and and pain that people are experiencing now has much to do with the deconstruction of western civilization thank god (laughs) thank fucking god we're deconstructing this now thank god for corona thank god for politics being so mad thank god for all this shit ladies and gentlemen we finally arrived where we realized this ain't working boy it's not well go back to your last thing gus go back to your last point that you were saying there's so many people now there's a lot of drug addicts and mentally ill why are there so many drug addicts and mentally ill people you gotta fucking escape People want to escape. This they can't is not fucking do it anymore. Exactly. This is not a sustainable system. No, it is for not human beings. It's almost like you have to become insane. Yes. To be able to function within this construct yes. that this thing is insane or do drugs so you can escape <laughs> and have some fucking spiritual experience. Yes. Yes. You're trying to escape it's very slippery though because the constructs aren't they can't be collapsed as fast as i think we want to escape so there's this very awkward which i feel like we're directly in the midst of right now there's this very awkward period of adjustment That's going to go on. That's been going on. You know, it's been going on since probably 1900. I read this thing the other day. It was listing all of the shit you had to go through if you were born in 1900. Mm. 
I mean, Jesus. Can you give me some? Can you give me a few? Give us. A I don't few know where hits. it was. I'm not. A, I'm not. I, unfortunately, I don't know all the war history. But like, you had to go through. First, you went through the Depression. Then you went through World War One. Then you went through World War Two. Then you went through Vietnam. Then you went through the Cold War. Oh, it was yeah, just. Yeah, then yeah, you went yeah. through Y2K. I, I mean, saw it's that. chilling. You saw that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's lead. That led us up to this. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like this is all two years old or fuck six months old since Corona. I just feel like we've reached this plateau of feeling and Uh, what is going on? Well, we've taken it all so deeply for granted. You know, you woke up in this dream and it's somebody else's dream Uh that you woke up in. You have a house. You have parents, you have siblings, you seek out a partner, you go to school to get educated in one very, you know, for most people, you get educated in one very specific branch of industry or humanity so that then you can get a job and then you can climb the, the, the corporate ladder and make your way to having a, a decent income so that then once one day you can buy your own house and have your own family with your partner and have your own children and then it continues and perpetuates and and the truth of the matter is it's all a fucking illusion yeah. because the true nature of our humanity is not built for any of that mm-hmm you need a purpose to carry you through yes, life. Yes. But how the fuck do you find a purpose when you've got a thousand mechanisms, marketing strategies, advertisements, uh, you know, apparata, apparatuses, mm-hmm. etc., pushing, cajoling, seducing sucking carrying smiting you into this like hole of what you're supposed to be yeah well you have to another aspect of our humanity that's just completely blown to smithereens in this western civilization we should really be spending most of our time In a tribal unit Mm -hmm. with a very specific job moving around the earth, whether to hunt, gather, dance, coagulate with your fellow tribesmen and women, creating, manifesting. We're We're not, dude, we're not supposed to be here like fucking trying to figure out how to make quote unquote money what is money yeah and yet here we all are we're trapped we're slaves to this this fucking illusion of economy Mm -hmm. and then we're we're subject to our own ego of failure and I'm not doing enough and lacking and, 
you know, if you don't have the car and the house and the fucking all the external material success, then you haven't accomplished anything. Yeah. Well, so then, well, go ahead. Sorry, I don't. I'm. I'm I don't I'm, know. I'm feeling, I don't know where I'm going. Well, no, with that, you're exactly but... on track. So then, where does it go? Right. To me, it goes to materialism. Right. It goes to an object fetishizing culture. Because if spirituality goes out the fucking window, and I'm not and spirituality yeah. not in physical objects, which I believe that spirituality can live in physical objects in a certain way. For example, you bought me that crystal yesterday. There's a certain amount of spirituality at play in that object, but that's not what I mean by object fetishism. So, so then you no, start no, worshiping. Yeah. So then it all ends up being drugs. <laughs> yeah. It all ends up being drugs. Because you're just seeking out the next serotonin. Yes. And, dopamine and the spiritual hit. experience is not sustainable. Yeah. If you're living in nature, spirituality isn't even a thing. Mm. You it are. Just it is. is. Yeah. It's like you're saying with the natives. Yeah. They don't they didn't have this concept of whatever. You know, we've had to create spirituality as a concept to escape from material physicality yeah. and material yeah you know and um i was listening to ramdas he's talking he was talking about he was going through his story you know this is brief paraphrasing but he was talking about when he was on his seeking and he you know at harvard wh who the fuck am i what am i doing he takes lsd one night he sees all these different figures as himself and then He's he's doing you know he meets Leary of course Leary's like hey man I just took these mushrooms Ramdas is like let me try it so he goes on this whole journey of through drugs he's on this whole just and he and he says this he says anything anybody anything anybody put in front of me I would put in my mouth if they said it was going to make me trip you <laughs> yeah, know yeah. and have some semblance of get of of finding oh God. of yeah of finding something else other than whatever I've created my the construct of what i've created myself as so then i thought this was funny he's like one of the last the last the latter things we did he was with a group of people i don't know if leary was there but they took this like three-week retreat this three-week like lsd retreat he said they dropped acid on the fourth hour all day every four hours they would they would drop acid for three weeks he said yeah. when the three weeks ended we all came back. We all came back down. And he was like, I didn't really, you know, we had this super long thing. You know, I was thinking I would do this and just come out of it completely. But you, but they came back. Mm. So, you know, that just kind of is, is proof in the pudding of, you know, we have, these things are keys. I was just talking to somebody yeah. else. These things are keys. The drugs are keys. And, you know, I'm curious what you think about this. The prevalence of cannabis, particularly today, mm. the prevalence, the cosmic and the, synchro the synchronizing prevalence and availability of getting high of how marijuana has become legal to get high nowadays, particularly at this juncture that we're talking about where we're trying to return to some some semblance of naturalism isn't it interesting that this stuff has become so prevalent and readily available now my concern is we take it and like you say we we take it for granted 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I see I, I see people on Instagram, and it used to be me as well. You know, you're just getting high all the time, thinking you're in this kind of spiritual experience. And I feel, and I have a lot of compassion for that person because they haven't quite seen the other side. Now, the other side is fucking. I'm in the other side right now, man. That shit's a fucking trip, and it's super challenging. It's super challenging to not be on drugs mm. or whatever the drug is. Yeah. And I'm not even denigrating drugs because I think they're a magical, incredible treasure trove of realization. They're keys. But like what you do you said. think about that? The, so the prevalence of cannabis and then the, the, the aspect of I don't even know how we fucking got here. <laughs> <laughs> well, but. seeking spirituality in a world built on materialism and the physical realm Mm. you know because we are in this crisis we're in this crisis of our humanity yeah because you can't simply live in the physical realm Mm -hmm. you can't abolish the unseen from your existence You can't, because then you naturally go seeking the unseen, which is why people are, are craving substance use, whether it's cannabis, nicotine, alcohol, DMT, LSD, porn, fucking food that that sends you on a rocket ship to pleasure dome in your mouth. Yep. You know, the truth about substances, plants, these neurotransmitters, whether it's THC and CBD or DMT or LSD or psilocybin, we're seeing this massive surge in prevalence because the world needs it. First of all, humanity is in a crisis and Mother Earth, the spirit that runs through this planet that we live on that that most of us have been we've been we've been conditioned to believe is just this rock careening through space which is really a living organism itself yeah that's amazing the earth is a living organism Mm -hmm. we are of the earth as well i mean like you know this is you know, not only do we live on it, but we live with it. Mm-hmm. And there's an intelligence. There's a greater intelligence to all of this that guides us as a collective organism. The unseen energies around us that move us and compel us to do various things throughout our lives. All of these plants, we're seeing this massive surge in these plants because... Humanity is in a dire need, a crisis of spirit. And all of these plants, what they can do is tap us into our deeper truths as as creatures, as living beings. Because no matter what, see the beautiful part about cannabis is no matter how hard we try to fuck it up or turn it into this mass-produced product to be sold and consumed and profited off of mm-hmm. which we've done a hell of a job of already i realized that a couple of years ago while i was you know still 
doing my thing in the cannabis industry, going to these various cannabis company launch parties and just seeing the the decadence and the extravagance and the and the manipulation of this thing that's so beautiful that can open people up to their deeper truths being turned into this consumerist product once again Mm -hmm. but you know what it's better than people not having it yeah So if we have to take the evil or the darkness of it being turned into this consumerized product, so be it. Because at the end of the day, it's going to take you to God Mm -hmm. one way or another. You're either going to smoke so much weed that like Ram Dass, you come out the other side and you go, you know what? I still haven't found found the thing I'm seeking. Right. Or... You're going to smoke so much weed, it's going to take you into the fucking black pit of your heart space and obliterate your fucking ego. Yeah. Which has happened to me a handful of times. Where you get so fucking high, so fucking seduced by the cannabis sativa that it spits you out the other end where you see and experience your own death. Mm. I've felt that. Because your mind literally, you begin to dissociate from the world around you. Mm-hmm. Your, your, your thinking mechanisms and your memories, it gets so fractalized and obliterated that you're literally praying to God to come and save you. That happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, when you take it back to its earliest roots, the story of the Dogon tribe in West Africa that this French explorer stumbled upon in the mid mid to late 1800s. And they took this, the Dogon tribe, he came in, he met with their people, and one of their leaders said, go up to this cave. You'll see these paintings there. He goes up to this cave. It's filled with these paintings of constellations and the stars. And it's mapped out perfectly. Sirius A and B. At the time, we didn't even know there were two two stars in Sirius. Mm-hmm. And this tribe has a, an annual cannabis festival where they celebrate the cannabis plant. And when the people from the Sirius stars brought them the cannabis plant and said, this will bring you peace. Mm. So they celebrate the plant that was brought to them by the people of the Sirius stars. So so extraterrestrials brought them this? Extraterrestrials, beings of light, whatever you want to call them. So cannabis, two dogs, comes from the two dog stars, Sirius A and B. Mm. Mm. And it was told from that moment, if you believe the story or not, it's not really my job to help you decide on whether or not to believe it but in the context of what the plant is and what it brings you as an individual this makes a lot of sense that this plant will bring you peace you're also seeing this rise in prevalence in ayahuasca everybody's like let's do ayahuasca let's do ceremonies let's do dmt let's do the toad everyone is dying to wake up yeah well we're sick of it we're, we're sick, sick of this of it. shit. We're it sick. doesn't fucking work. We're sick of the materialism, whether we're, we're at different stages of admitting it. And 
it's totally true. I think it's profound. This isn't me denigrating any of this at all, by the way. No, not me, at all. This is me 100% That's looking the goal, for Gus. the clues of why it's coming up and showing its face so mightily. The goal is to get to a... Isn't the goal to get to a place where you don't need this shit anymore? Yeah, yeah. That's the goal. <sighs> yeah. Get yourself to such a state of clarity where you no longer need to pick up the tool to help you see where you're going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here's, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, because I came through this coming out of my football career. I've been on this journey of, in particular with cannabis how it helped me recover throughout my football career and it's helped me vast in in vast in incredible amount of ways heal find myself open the door to various other things aspects of myself to my deeper truths as a human right but to say that you owe your life to something to a plant or to a substance or to a molecule. It's almost like the, the builder of a house owing all of his success to his hammer. It's like the hammer was a tool he used to build the house. But it wasn't the hammer that built the house itself. Mm -hmm. And in a similar way, we can acknowledge have gratitude for the tools of our spirituality, whether it's cannabis or DMT or, you know, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. These are the tools of the trade that help us build the house of our lives. So I don't know where that leaves us. Um, you know, I'm not advocating for or against any substances ever. I think that's always on your own journey well, and up to you as an individual. But they can be great. And like, I, you know, Gus, you said it perfectly. These are keys to unlock doors. Yeah. And, you know, if we start asking why. That's why? maybe the greatest gift any substance use gives you. Uh-huh. But also, yeah. But, to lead you to asking why. Right. Well, why, I was also going to say, before we do something, why am I doing this? Yeah. Why am I smoking this joint? Why am I opening my computer and looking at pornography? Why am I mm. going for a run? Why am I going and having tea with somebody and sitting there and talking to them? You know, aside from, okay, you could say I smoke weed because it cools out my back pain. That's fine. But then if you really pay attention, you're probably smoking weed more than your back pain might need, you know? And I and I agree. There's so many different physical properties that it can help, and I know you're a testament th to that. But I just think if we start asking why, what spiritually 
What spiritual information am I wanting? And it's like you say, why is somebody after living 20 some years, 30 some years, 40 some years, you want to sit in a circle and drink an Amazonian tea or drink an Amazonian elixir. Why do you want to do that? What's going on where we feel like my heart space is asking for that? Mm. What is our heart space asking for? Like if I, I know this is, I don't know. It's not TMI, man. Let's just, let's just be real. If I watch pornography, what part of my spirit is unfulfilled? Mm. And I think there's a God consciousness where we know if something feels out of place. Like we know in that still small voice in the back of our skull, maybe it's in our pineal gland, where we feel like, oh, okay, so this is a positive act or this is a more negative act. Or this is serving something or not serving something. So, you know, back to the keys, man. It's just helping us open different doors to see, you know, what's there. What's there. Well, ah, yeah, no, Gus, I think you're right on. I think the answer to those questions is we've been run fucking ragged by Western civilization. We've been completely run ragged, at least by Americanized consumerism civilization. Mm -hmm. This is not sustainable. Creating your digital life, living through social media, consuming to get whole because you'll never get whole through consumption. Mm -hmm. Never. If you think that once I get this thing, then I'll be good. Yeah. Once I get that, I'll be happy. Yeah. You're fucked. You're totally fucked. And what's the missing piece? It's the missing piece is God. It's a God-sized hole. Yep. It's your own connection to spirit. And that's not some fucking mystical thing. Right, right. You know? It's the silence when you sit and just let your ears hear what's happening around you. It's the sensation of the air on your skin. It's the feeling you get when your mind is still and you're not planning the next two hours, two weeks, etc. When you're just sitting there in the moment and you hear the fly buzz around you and you hear the chimes going outside and all of a sudden life seems interesting again that might be a little too far out for some of you to comprehend or to think about or to be able to reason into making sense but I'll tell you what I feel fucking totally run ragged between coronavirus, the fucking everything happening with racial injustice, our government, authority figures, 
telling us what we can and can't do. The systematized life that we all find ourselves in. I'm fucking run ragged, dude. I don't know who to trust. I don't know what to believe. Nothing really makes sense. Yeah. I can't watch the news. No. It makes me ill. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel completely manipulated, stretched to my limits. Yeah. Run fucking ragged. You know, and I've been on this thing. I'm not joking about, you know, what I feel. My life has distilled down to one day at a time. Yeah. Honestly. Mm -hmm. I I can't even really wrap my head around tomorrow. Right. Nor do I want to. Right. And in that, all I'm left with is how I'm feeling right now. Mm. And it goes from... You know, I've been on this thing. I have to I have to say this mask thing, the thing with the masks. It's been incredibly challenging for me. It's taken me from not wanting to leave my house because I can't stand the thought of seeing people with masks or being in any way feeling that I look, I, I don't agree with masks. I don't, I'm not even really interested in talking about them anymore. But at the end of the day, what I've come to, I've turned this corner, I've broken through this threshold of, because at times I'm sure some of you guys have heard me giving my two cents on masks. First of all, it's not my job to convince you whether or not to wear a mask. Second of all, me ranting and raving about why I think masks are no good doesn't do the grand consciousness any good because it just puts more Mm. aggression, it puts more juxtaposition into the milieu and that doesn't allow for any healing to happen whatsoever. So me finding my, my grand purpose in this life is to be a light, to show other people the way through my actions, through my words, let's put it that simply. It doesn't help anyone for me to try to quote unquote, convince you of whether or not to wear a mask. First of all, then I have to let go of the idea that I know what's best, too. Mm -hmm. Even in my 32 years of experience of being very in tune with my body and what's happening led me to this point where I have a very strong guttural reaction to something that's being almost, that's being communally supported all around me this mass thing i can't download for you everything that's in my head to make you feel and believe and understand my truth and there it is it's only my truth mm. so what's my job in the end of that just to have fucking compassion 
maybe I, if I just have compassion for you and everyone else and then myself too, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. And then I think maybe if we just all had a little more compassion for each other, we'd be in a much better state to begin with. Well, that's something I've been feeling on Facebook where I, I, I'm very sensitive to engaging in vitriol on social media, which I think anybody with a semblance of a heart is. It feels but, mostly vitriolic in social media. Yeah, it's very... One way or another. It's very strange. It's very strange. But I had to... I've... I realized even if I was approaching... Like if somebody posted something that I didn't necessarily vibrate with politically or culturally and I tried to say say something about it it always led back to not conducive to love yeah and I, I and then what like, does that do yeah i was just like i can't i can't perpetuate yeah exactly i can't perpetuate an unloving energy no and i'm not even saying that as a fucking free love freak i'm just saying like on a really almost physical like a physical heart level i'm not trying yeah. i don't think and i think ebbs the same way this isn't about like being super fucking woo woo no this is like we're beyond woo woo man we're we're <laughs> we're just in the real fucking spirituality turned real it's the energy yeah it's the energy it's like you said it's if you turn around and posture as in opposition of something yeah it's immediately not a great you're just, thing you're perpetuating the vitriol yeah, and you've created a battlefield exactly you you perfectly said you've helped create a battlefield perfectly said where what we really need to be striving for are a solutions and healing in this book power verse force i just finished it mm. i'm planning on doing a whole podcast just about the book itself but he goes into there's three key things that we that we desperately need more of it's integrity of self understanding and compassion and with those three things, we can heal and evolve and transcend to a higher level of consciousness as a species. What is it again? What are the three? Integrity of self, okay. understanding, and compassion. For yourself, for outside, for everything. Living with. Integrity of self, understanding, compassion. I On an that. individual level, you seek out integrity in yourself. What is true to me? What is true in my life? In my fucking whole experience, 32 years on this planet, yeah. what has it led me to Square one. feeling truth? What is the truth when I shut my eyes and I don't have any fucking outside 
distractions, manipulations, anything. What is true in me? Let me seek that out first and foremost. Yeah. So there's kind of a hierarchy to it. So that's where you start. Integrity of self. Yeah, it's super important. Then, okay, let me live from a place of understanding. So what does that mean? That means when you are confronted with someone, uh -huh. or maybe confronted is the wrong word because that immediately puts you into a posture of Combat. being against and combative, mm -hmm. but say you you cross paths with someone, something, some concept, some ideology that disagrees with your own integrity of self, can you come from a place of understanding? Okay, so that means I'm just, I'm going to take myself out of this position of authority or knowing what's best, and, and I'm just going to try to understand yeah. what this person, this thing, etc., is and separateness right out of separateness exactly but yes and and that's intertwined because the separateness is very much an aspect of our tribal wiring uh -huh. because we get into and social media has you know facebook with facebook groups and all of it all the social media shit has masterfully manipulated our tribal wiring because now, anything outside of what we believe to be true is considered other, separate, enemy, foe, not us, other. So you take yourself out of this separateness. And you go, okay, that's another living, breathing, human being creature that has an idea that's a little different from mine. But let me, let me take a moment and let me see if I can stand in their shoes. And get, gain some understanding of where they're coming from. Then we go to compassion. And once you're there, there is no conflict. Mm -hmm. If you can be in those three things, if you can live from that position as an individual, think about what great that will do for the communal whole. I don't know. You know, I, I feel like if I can do that, if I can live from that position, I'm doing pretty fucking well. Yeah. Because again, I'm brought back to this truth where I have my truth, you have your truth, person next door, they have their truth. Mm-hmm. And we're all really on our own ride. Mm -hmm. We're all just on our own journey. Yeah. To get from A to Z. We're all going to die one day. We're all going to be gone. Yeah. We're all are on, on our own ride to the same destination. Yeah. And so why why am i gonna fight with someone to convince them of something i believe to be true when they are coming from the same position mm. you can't you know you can't and it's not even worth your time to try to do that 
I I mean, my I'm about I don't even go on Facebook anymore. Instagram has become a bit of a business um tool for me to market myself, to get my message out there, to do whatever I got to do to make some connections. But at the end of the day, it's so vitriolic, whether you're on this side or this side. Yeah. If you're one of the people screaming from the rooftops about how the dark elite are master manipulating us into this death trap of whatever it is, where's the solution? Okay, that's great. You know, okay, great. So they want us all to do this thing. They want to get us into such a state where none of us, where we're just, we can't escape the fucking vaccine or the fucking processed foods or the medical system or whatever it is. It's like, what's the solution? Can we have a solution? And the solution really is to unplug. Stop participating in it. Take care of yourself. Stop playing into the game. Start playing a new game. (laughs) If you're fucking unhappy, why do you keep going to the job? Oh, dude, I had this thing happen the other day. I didn't talk to you on that note. Well, I went into a coffee shop. (laughs) This has happened to me a couple times now. I go into the coffee shop, and I had a mask on. The guy, the the barista, had a mask on, and it wasn't about the mask. But I I go in, and I say to him, I say, "Hey, how you doing?" And he says, he doesn't acknowledge that, (laughs) and he just says, "Yeah, yeah." And I just like, I looked at him and then I walked out and he was like, wait, what? And I was like, hey man, have a great day. And I left. And it's like, if your energy is so trashed, why are you here? Mm. Like, I guess I could have had a, like a, had that conversation with him, but I, it was like, so like visceral Mm. i was just like man i don't first of all i don't want you making my coffee feeling bad yeah because you're just transporting all of that shitty energy yeah into my cup of happiness yeah (laughs) and my hope was kind of like he would just quit the job and realize like oh yeah this is just the fuck why the fuck am i here Start collecting unemployment, dude. You'll probably make more money and be happier. And now you can figure out what the fuck you want to do. Yeah. I was just like, I don't. So you didn't even order anything. No, no. Because you were just like, I don't want that fucking. No, I want an acknowledgement of goodness, you know, of humanity. Yeah. And just like, are you okay? I'd rather Mm. have you like, you don't have to make the coffee. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. You don't have to do this, dude. Please. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Well, everyone thinks they have to do this thing. 
That's, that's ha- what people don't understand. That's happened to me a couple times. I remember I was in New York once at this pizza place, and the girl, there was a girl behind the counter. She wasn't, she was totally off, and I was waiting there, waiting there, and I walked out, and I could hear her calling as, like, she saw me leaving finally. I could hear her saying, wait, no, wait. I was just like. I don't want to. It's, I'm it's, not interested in giving you my business. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. But also that, just like some glimmer of like, you don't need to do this. If you're not well, don't do this. But we all are trapped in this. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know what it is, but it's failing us. It's failing us miserably, man. You know? it's i i don't i haven't regrettably i have not spent enough time in other countries to see and feel what the culture is like i think it's the same so you don't think this is just an american no phenomenon i I do think misery no i do think america the american thing is probably amplified and I'm sure there's pockets of, like, I don't think Sweden is, I think Sweden is probably a more, well, they're a very materialist environment. I've been there, and I and I know Swedes. They're very much into their materials. But I think, like, there's probably mm. places that are less less heavy with this than America. But I think America has a lot of it, you know? And I've been, I've been feeling... What are you pulling something up? I wanna when you're when you're yeah. keep going. You know, I've been feeling this thing lately where I feel like we have plateaued in terms of in terms of jobs, in terms of how we're participating. And I know this is all wrapped up in what we've been talking about, but it's been really heavy for me. I've felt this kind of existential dread or concern. And I feel like people don't really know what to do. And, you know, I think you you touched on it earlier, this word purpose. That's a really fucking powerful thing, dude. Mm. That's a really powerful thing. Mm. And, you know, like back to your tribalism, tribalism feelings, it's like when there's more people and in, and when it's really saturated and when you're doing jobs that aren't spirit or art based, it's really hard to feel like you have purpose, you know, which I think is why people, which is a big reason why people intuitively start families because families are purpose givers they give you a purpose immediately if you have children you've got this immediate purpose Mm. and reason reason to live and reason to be but not everybody can do that not everybody can have that and it's becoming exceedingly more difficult to start a family you know i'm at the age where i would have started a family probably but it's like if you don't have a home or if you don't have financial stability that you know the wealth disparity in this country is just becoming... I mean, the the middle class is hanging on by a hair of a fingernail. And mm. 
Yeah. Um, I just feel like we've we've reached this place where the paradigm is shifting. Hmm. And I don't know how it's gonna look. I'm totally with you in this one day at a time. I'm totally with you. I can barely think five hours ahead. Mm. I'm to I, I I totally feel that. And I just feel like there's such a deep spiritual observation going on mm. in the way I'm living of like Yeah. You know, the old the old relevancies are no longer there like hollywood is not not providing anymore yeah um it's not what it was it's not the golden landscape that so many come to la in search of yeah but like metaphorically too and also like the escape the escape valves the old escape valves have run dry Oh, yeah, all of them. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to run. This. So that's where I'm at, this plateau thing I'm observing. Mm, yeah, I feel that. I feel that myself. Um, So I want to read this thing. It's from the Emerald Tablets, which is is a guiding text for me in my life. And... I've read it three times. I'm actually, I've just started reading it again. Um, And it was written by, it is said that it was written by Thoth, the Egyptian god of wisdom, who was an Atlantean priest who came to Egypt and set up the pyramids there, built the pyramids, established the halls of Amenti underneath which is a place where man goes to greet the ancient flower of life and be reincarnated and this this tablet it's a they say it's somewhere between 36,000 and 50,000 years old and there's a real artifact in a british museum I'll, i'll pull that up not right now but um this text is so profound and, and the way it's it's written at 26 different levels of consciousness. So every time you read it, you get something new and mm. something different. And it's broken down into into various well each tablet is a chapter, if you will. And this is from the Key of Wisdom. This is what it says. This little segment. Follow thine heart during thy lifetime. Do thou more than is commanded of thee. When thou hast gained riches, follow thou thine heart. For all these are of no avail if thine heart be weary. Diminish thou not the time of following thine heart. It is a board of the soul. They that are guided go not astray, but they that are loose cannot find a straight path. If thou go among men, make for thyself love, the beginning and end of the heart. 
If one cometh unto thee for counsel, let him speak freely, that the thing for which he hath come to thee may be done. If he hesitates to open his heart to thee, it is because thou, the judge, doeth the wrong. Repeat thou not extravagant speech, neither listen thou to it. For it is the utterance of one not in equilibrium. Speak thou not of it, so that he before thee may know wisdom. Silence is of great profit, and abundance of speech profiteth nothing. Exalt not thine heart above the children of men, lest it be brought lower than the dust. If thou be great among men, be honored for knowledge and gentleness. If thou seeketh to know the nature of a friend, ask not his companion, but pass a time alone with him, debate with him, testing his heart by his words and his bearing. That which goeth into the storehouse must come forth and the things that are thine must be shared with a friend. Knowledge is regarded by the fool as ignorance, and the things that are profitable are to him hurtful. He liveth in death, it is therefore his food. The wise man lets his heart overflow, but keeps silent his mouth. Isn't that some fucking shit? I feel like there's a lot in there. It's really about Yeah, what's the what's your essence of it? To me, you know, it's it comes down to each one of us, we have this guiding principle which is our heart. Our heart's vibration. It's the guiding principle of our all of our lives and when we don't listen to it and heed it, we go astray. There's a lot more in there about speaking and speech. And it's interesting because to me, the the Buddha's words have been ringing in my ears as of late when he said, when I speak, I compromise myself. Yeah. Because isn't it so true when you speak, your words immediately almost devalue the thoughts that preceded them. And so this to me is about living with an open heart and living by the principles of your heart's guiding principle. Because your heart is the connection to the universe. That's, that's where the soul operates from. You're not operating from your mind. When you're operating from your mind, you're operating from a place of ego, arrogance, ignorance. Isn't it interesting? I've always thought that arrogance and ignorance, isn't it interesting how they're so close in utterance? Right. And it's because arrogance is a form of ignorance. Deeply. Yeah. And how timely in that little snippet 
talking about following your heart as a guiding principle and letting love be the beginning and end of thy heart's journey of when you come up to know or when you're coming to know a friend or another person, debate with him. Let his words speak his soul's truth. And allow that interchange. And if he, and I thought this is another, this is super Zen too. When it talks about how if he or she is unable to express themselves freely to you, it's on you, the listener. Uh You did the wrong. Right. In being unwilling to accept it in a way unwilling to accept that they aren't open yes or unwilling to accept their being in disagreement with whatever they're saying yeah <laughs> you know and if we can all operate from this place of no this is on this is about me right because the immediate sort of whitewashed western civilization thing is oh you're so selfish and self-centered it's all about me 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 it's like no when you operate from a place of all of this is my perception right and all of it how i receive all of this information it's not about where it's coming from it's about where it's being received at so when someone someone across from you is saying something that triggers you in a certain way that can be deemed negative in your experience Mm -hmm. what is it about that in yourself what is it that's being triggered right it's not about them yeah yeah they did nothing right they spoke their truth yeah or at least a version of their truth well that's um the it's interesting the more aware i get I gotta re- hold on. I gotta pee really bad. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. This is an intermission. Intermission, ladies and gentlemen. We are here, and we're hanging out. So, if you want to try a really great breathing technique. Um, breathe when you inhale six seconds and exhale for six seconds and imagine your breath is a circle so you don't pause after the inhale which is another technique but that's not this this is more for just a consistent kind of every other every moment style breathing it's a circle of six seconds in six seconds out and through your nose you want to practice it through your nose it's very important there's the the health benefits are myriad if you breathe through your nose as opposed to your mouth 
and it's a practice because a lot of us uh, in a skull structure standpoint we've evolved to be more mouth breathers due to the things we eat etc I'm not I'm not anthropologically uh, knowledgeable of of exactly what caused the uh, mouth breathing but you really want to practice the nose breathing and more nose nose breathing begets nose breathing. So the more you practice it, the more you can do it. Um, and there's so much amazing um, writing and things you can learn from Andrew Weil. He has breathing books to the new James Nestor book called Breath. So, and I believe it's six breaths per minute that's the magical number and and if you look it lines up with all the different prayers the ancient prayers <laughs> i'm just mm-hmm. i'm just giving everybody a little breath oh nice breath dude. tour i love that um but yeah i mean i think it's i think it's unfortunate how you know i think about that phrase or word self-centered i think it's unfortunate that it's taken on this negative connotation where it's like, you know, if I'm not self-centered, if I'm not, if I don't have a center of whatever myself is, mm. boom, this isn't gonna, I'm not gonna be able to function harmoniously around you in the myriad things that can happen. And totally. What, and what I was saying was the more awareness I get, the more fascinating it is to watch people's behavior and reactions because mm. nine times out of ten, usually about ten times out of ten, you can tell that it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. It's and 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 it's more noticeable if you know somebody's history. Then you observe and you're like, oh, and sometimes you can't really say it because it's sensitive material. It's sensitive places that this stuff is coming from. But it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's your family history. That's blah blah blah. Right. This doesn't have anything to do with me. That's your unacknowledged trauma. You haven't excavated what you need to excavate. And by the way, that what you're saying is not coming from a place of high and mightiness that's coming from a place of having dug deep in to your own shit because you can't recognize that until you've done it in yourself right you know yeah a per you 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 are unable to recognize a person's pain points triggers weak spots etc without having first done a deep dive and being always willing to take your inventory and understand where you're coming from and what's hurting you and what has hurt you and dancing with those demons in yourself, you be, you know, but that's part of the process of becoming whole. Right. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you can't have that recognition of saying, Oh, that doesn't have anything to do with me. That person's reaction. Yeah. Yeah. That's their shit coming yeah. up 
in a conversation. That's really the fucking mysticism and magic of life right there. Right. When you can be, you can be so present that when you're interacting with someone and something happens where you gain that clarity of, of insight and you don't take it personally. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not in the animalistic fight or flight mode. Right. And you just go, wow, that's you. And you're not in the ego. That's just you revealing yourself to me. Right. Look at that. Yeah. And you know, one That's other beautiful. one other note on this subject. Somebody somebody sent me this book, White Fragility. They sent me this audio book to listen to or Have you read. listened to it? I've listened to some of it. I'm still listening to it. But I had this realization that and it's paradoxical that you can't listen to this book unless you've already acknowledged that there's a certain sensitivity around being white in our culture. Hmm. Like it's like it's going along with what you're saying of like if you're race like, okay, so the book is designed in my opinion, in my observation, or I would imagine the book is designed to quell or get rid of systemic racism. Like mm-hmm. in the essence, like it's, it's, it's a book designed uh-huh. to alleviate the symptoms of racism. But if you're a racist or whatever, you can't really read the book. Yeah. So it's all, so it's you some can't kind even of receive it. Yeah, it's some kind of odd paradox. And I don't know what bumpy road is required to be able to hear what you previously could not hear. Mm. Like, what, I think that's a grace. I think that's a God thing mm. where you have to do this catch-22 of excavating in order to be able to hear the person across from you mm-hmm. and stripping away the ego um, and that's mm. a, that's a labyrinth of God, I think. Yeah. Well, it goes back to that thing from power versus force. Yes. Finding the integrity of yourself. That's integrity amazing to me self. that that's square one. That's square one. Yeah. You can't go anywhere in life. You really can't. I mean, we do, we are, yeah. we're all fucking flailing but that's what's led us here yeah to the shit exactly show. we're all fucking out and about just flailing our fucking bodies around trying to figure out what the fuck we're supposed to do yeah. but dude if you spend any spend time seeking out the integrity of self within you who the fuck are you what are you what are you doing here What's your purpose? It might not be that big or heavy, but it's beautifully, uniquely you. No matter where you're at. But it's imperative that you start there. Or at least, you know, for me, I've been talking about this now a few times. 
on various podcasts that I've been on over the last few weeks. But, but my whole life has been about seeking out the epitome of me. How do I get to the stable, fundamental bottom of who I am at a very foundational functioning point of me? Seeking that out my whole life. That's what it's been about. You know, and in power verse force, he breaks it down to the intellect, our intellect does a very poor job of discerning between what's good for us and what's bad for us. Yeah. That comes down to basically what life comes down to is, are you following a path of life supporting principles and ideas and sensations Or are you following a path of life-draining principles and concepts? But it's also interesting what you said earlier to me about your heart and your heart space and your heart center actually being the guide. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not necessarily your intellect or your brain. No. The brain is deeply important. I yeah. think we have to use the brain to get to the heart. Yeah. yeah. Because it's hard. I mean, that's a hard concept and that's an incredibly profound and beautiful and deep just magnificent concept. I mean, it's called the solar plexus. It's where the sun lives. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. Well, it's interesting. But we use the intellect to get down to there. Yeah. Yeah. And I've also been thinking Wait, were you, are you going to forget what you're going to say? No. What's interesting? Okay. I've also been thinking there's a reason it's called talk therapy. Mm. We have to talk things out. Yeah. Well, you that know, was the other piece of that thing from the Emerald Tablets. Right. That which goes into the storehouse must come forth. Yeah. So everything that's swirling around in your consciousness, mm-hmm. you have to share. That's part of the human experience. Mm-hmm is to sharing what's swirling around in your heart space, mind's eye, etc. Yeah. You know. And we're only as sick as our secrets. Mm. Oh, wow. That's a fucking Woo. But back That's to what a gem. But back to what you said, man. I I I asked somebody about this the other day. When you see the gurus toward the end, they stop talking. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's like Ramdas said in one of his talks. He said, you guys came here. You guys paid money to come see me talk. But after every sentence, you nod your head as if you know exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. So what's going on here? (laughs) We already know. Exactly. It's just whether or not we can get to the integrity of the self. It's about having courage. Having courage and vulner courage coupled, I think, with vulnerability to be able to be there. Yeah. Well, in power verse force, also as all and and that's the thing because all the spiritual gurus they're saying the same fucking things. Right. They all come back. They say the same things over and over again. Yeah. And like you said, you're in there listening to Sad Guru talk, 
and you're nodding your head because you know what he's saying is true because you felt it yourself. And he's just sort of gone to this other place where he can articulate this universal truth of the human experience. You know, so it's about having the courage to approach the integrity of yourself and who you are and not being pulled out here and there. Because to me, that's a lot of what it is. That's a lot of our in this civilized world that we find ourselves in. A lot of our issues stem from, well, that's not real, but buying that thing is and having a yeah. lot of followers on Instagram, that's real and important. Right. So whatever I have to do, whatever fucking monkey dance I have to do to get more followers or take a, a fucking selfie with my shirt off or my dick out or whatever it is <laughs> to get more followers to create a lot of energy and excitement around me, that's what I got to do. It's not that thing that's in the back of my mind whispering to me, telling me what's true. Right. Because that's not that's not really interesting. You know, but at the end of the day, when you're all burned out and fucked up and dopamined out and can't think and feel and, and do anything, your sex drive is is beyond gone. You're fucking <laughs> hungry for another Big Mac. You need to fucking hop on whatever porn site to get your your to hit the escape valve and unplug it's like where the fuck are you in all of that yeah like where are you like where are you well see this is a little bit of my challenge with terrence mckenna the spiritual path isn't really immediate it's yeah. more of a slow burn in mm -hmm. a way. Yeah. And McKenna would McKenna, I've heard in his talks many times, he'll say, why would you want to go and meditate for 20 years when you can go and sit in a room and smoke DMT and have the experience? But McKenna, there's an issue here, man. <laughs> there's an issue with that, dude. First of all, not everybody wants to do drugs. Yeah. Second of all explode out of your body into the astral plane yeah second of all mckenna you come down dude yeah you come down and you're back you're back to square one again and, and you still you, don't know shit what'd you come with yeah you Did still you got the anything? same fucking suitcase dude yeah mckenna i love you you know i love you you know we love you oh, but love but tea. you know you've taught us so much but hey man Somebody said to me, they were in the Tenderloin in San Francisco, and they saw this dude walking with a briefcase, and he was nude. <laughs> I just love that. I don't know what that has to do with Jesus. anything, but. That's it. Dude, it's totally it naked to with, with a briefcase. That's all of us, isn't it's it? Totally naked fucking briefcase, though. That's an analogy for all of us. That's the allegory of all of our lives. We think we're walking around and no one sees us. But there we are, nude in front of the world, carrying our shit around. Oh, my God. You know? Come on. That's the allegory for life. It's so good. <sighs> Holy shit. That's yeah, good, man. Well, I'm going to wrap this thing up. This was a lot of fun, Gus. 
was a blast. Another great one. Um, so everybody out there, man, I got nothing but love and compassion for all of you, even in my darkest hour. That's And what's interesting is when I... What brings me out of the darkest recesses of my experience of this life is reminding myself that it's all about love, man, at the end of the day. Love, compassion, understanding. Let me get to the crystalline, opalescent, perfect, greatest essence of my integrity of my source of being let me work on that meanwhile let me have understanding and compassion for you and maybe if we can all work on that man this this thing will turn around we'll heal as a species i don't know read great books There's a lot of people who have come before us who have taken the time to put their thoughts and experiences down onto paper so that we can all benefit from their experiences and integrate that into our lives. So a few books, well, I guess I mentioned two. My favorite book that I've ever read, I just finished reading it, Power Verse Force by Dr. David Hawkins. Incredible book. I recommend it to anyone who's interested in knowing and understanding more about the unseen energies that dictate our experience as humans. I highly recommend it. The next one, if you're really into mysticism and esoteric ancient knowledge, Check out the Emerald Tablets. There's a few translations out there. Uh, The one that I have uh, tapped into was written by or translated by Doreal, D-O-R-E-A-L. And there's a great translation. So it gives you the Emerald Tablets text and then it side-by-sides it with sort of a contemporary interpretation of what he's talking about and you don't even really need that but it's interesting to see because when you read the text it's something about it just rings so true somewhere deep in the recesses of your experience as a person so if you're interested in that i recommend that as well gus yep as always it's a pleasure dude we'll we'll do this again in a couple weeks probably it's been amazing i love it the drop in the drop-in, baby. The drop-in with Augustus Britton. Um, hey, man, just get in, get into the moment. You know, if meditating is something you're interested in, do it. Exercise. Be mindful of the food you're eating. Take it one day at a time. Lots of love to you guys out there. Stay strong. Stay in your power. Live with integrity. Live with understanding, live with compassion, and this will all sort itself out. Lots of love to you all. Until next time, I'm Eben Britton. This is the Ebb and Flow Podcast, and we're out of here. Peace.